welcome to the Onyx Pathcast. My name is Matthew Dawkins, and after some minor technical hiccups, here we are again. Here I am again. I've not been on the Pathcast for quite a long time, it feels like, but I am not alone. You'll be very glad to hear. I am joined by two wonderful co-creators, one of whom will be, of course, incredibly familiar to recent listeners of the Pathcast, that being Danielle Lozon. Hello, Danielle. Hello. Hello. How are you? It's lovely to speak to you again. I'm doing okay. It's lovely to speak with you as well. Would you like a spot of tea? Oh, a spot of tea would be delightful, darling. Yes, a spot of tea. Earl Grey, of course. No, uh, mm. no, no milk. God's mm. sake. Don't would you like the lemon? Lemon. Lemon with Earl Grey would be just splendid, splendid. Top mm. hole, as they say. Mm, yes, and, and a spot of honey, maybe, or a cube of sugar. Uh, come on, let, let, uh, let's not ruin it with uh, gluttony. <laughs> Now, before uh, before we start pouring the tea, uh, we should really count up how many others are with us. And, and by Jove, wouldn't you know it? Uh, someone else has just wandered in. Uh, oh. Hiromi, Hiromi, Kota, would you would you care for uh, a dash of tea? Surprise! Uh, actually, I already have some tea. Oh, you've brought your own tea to the party. How fantastic! Lovely. Or. Or it's gauche. I'm not sure which. I, the the protocol for tea uh, situations is not a thing that I'm trained in. We are <laughs> in our fictional Pathcast tea party. It's it's perfectly okay to bring your own tea. Oh, oh, excellent. That, that does sound like quite a nice party, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. There's plenty of bring your own booze parties, but um, you don't hear often of bring your own tea to a picnic. Ooh, that actually sounds like a thing I want to do now. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Let, let's just uh, you know shrug off this entire podcast thing. Go have a picnic somewhere. I'm sure we. Where's equidistant between the three of us? Atlantic um, Ocean. Yeah, probably. Oh, I don't know because you're quite far across America, Hiromi. We may no, because of course Danielle ruins that average. I think it I'm will sorry, be. I'm sorry. What? We were. We would be in the Atlantic Ocean or Florida. That's that's worse. Yeah. I'm <laughs> am I am I ruining averages by being in the middle? I don't know. I'm sure we I'm sure we could work it out if we really want to mathematically. Uh, but let's not. Let, that isn't why people are tuning in. They're not tuning in either to listen to us talk about tea and cupcakes. But right now, that sounds like a wonderful idea. It sure does. We didn't have cupcakes in the mix before. Now, now, now I'm definitely going to be throwing this party. Did you bring your own cupcakes, or are you expecting the host to provide them? I think the host provide just like any other BYO whatever, mm. the host provides the food, and then you bring your beverage. BYO-X, where the X is the beverage. Mm -hmm. But don't bring your own X, as in like an ex-partner, that can get awkward. Or your ex-Twitter. Yes, so oh, good, God. Also yeah. terrible. <laughs> That's also worse. <laughs> Very much so, yes. We are here ostensibly to discuss Titans Rising, uh, which <laughs> which is currently on Kickstarter. There's a reason they don't allow me on the podcast anymore. I swear it's conspiracy. Uh, <laughs> we're here to talk about Titans Rising, which we have every reason to celebrate with tea and cupcakes and maybe a crumpet or two because we have, as of time of recording, and it's very unlikely that things are going to change, surpassed funding we did it within the first 24 hours uh, about 12 it was yes past. it was it, it was 
I mean, it is because, you know, different projects go at different speeds. They'll fund at different rates. And yet there is never... There is always, I should say, some anxiety about how quickly is this one going to fund? Or how many backers is it going to attract within the first 24 or 48 hours? All of these little metrics that uh, some of us fixate on. And I... <sighs> I, I think it's fair to say we are all smiling about Titans Rising uh, because it was a bit of a risk. Uh, not because of the quality of Titans Rising, which we'll get into, uh, but because this is the first time we have also done crowdfunding for a book that's already available via PDF and print-on-demand in the form of Titanomachy. And we are funding a traditionally printed version of that via the same Kickstarter. And I think we were we were looking at the stats, weren't we, Danielle? And I think the highest, yeah. uh, the, the the backer tier with the greatest number of backers right now is for both books. Yes. So we had no no way of knowing that, that would be the case. There was every possibility people who already had PDFs of Titanomachy would say, yeah, I've already got this book, why do I need it again? Mm-hmm. But I think the, the there's obviously the triple desire. One is I want to own it in traditionally printed version because that's always nice. Uh, another is going to be I want to support Onyx Path. And and maybe to support Onyx Path, get this book out into uh, the traditionally printed venues, such as game stores. Um, but also, that uh, magical third option is there are still new people discovering Scion. And these people don't already own a copy. Mm-hmm. And now they have the opportunity to get two fantastic books, maybe two of the best books in the Scion line, but uh, we shouldn't pick favorites should we hey not on air no. <laughs> <laughs> oh what <laughs> it's it's okay to have preferences but yeah uh, well let, let's start with that then Hiromi. of your many many scion children oh god <laughs> <laughs> that that is the operative uh, word yes uh, <laughs> uh i should pluralize that i suppose <laughs> yes Oh gods. By so the gods choices. and the titans. Uh and uh so many so if many you babies were to... split uh <laughs> yes. as it were. Uh, from the side of your head. We let's say let's give you an option three options. If you were to if if you have encountered someone who let's say has origin hero, demigod and god, so they're already pretty invested. And you were to suggest three additional Scion books. Make one of them Titans Rising. Which three would you go for? I appreciate uh, the way that you sort of penned that in. Uh, (laughs) Penning with posts and fencing, not uh, with writing implements. Although if you've got writing implements large enough to do that, then that would be... Truly a sight to see. Um, and that's actually a relatively easy uh, uh, thing for me to say because uh, it would be, or to pick rather, because uh, Titanomaki, Titans Rising, and Dragon. So, like, Dragon gets you this sort of uh, additional level to Scion where mm. we're talking about 
covert operations. We're talking about spy things. We're talking about all sorts of fun in the shadows of Scion, as opposed to the sort of uh, large, um, in-your-face-ish uh, qualities of the rest of Scion, because yeah. Scion is extremely well-suited to hey, you're a godly superhero and mm. you have things that you want to punch. And uh, Tanamaki sort of introduces uh, a lot of things that you can punch. Um, and Tanamaki definitely foreshadows and sets up the expectation that maybe not all of the Scion, or sorry, maybe not all of the Titans are as bad as they're made out to be. Maybe some of them uh, have actually been uh, unjustly maligned. Mm. And Titans Rising uh, doubles down on that with the idea that some of them have just been screwed over and their their worst sin is losing a PR war. Yeah. Uh, but that's not true of all of them. Some of the Titans and Titans Rising are exactly as bad as uh, their reputation. Uh, and so... If you want to run um, a chronicle in which you punch them in the face, uh, you you can and should do that, um, either as a divine scion or as a titanic scion. You don't have to rigidly adhere to battle lines in the uh, second war of the gods and titans. You can no, and I. I, I think that that's that is a really valuable point to make because uh, people will have seen Titanomachy and seen this is a massive book of uh, it isn't just antagonists but it is a massive book of antagonists. There's a lot that a story guide can do with Titanomachy, and now Titans Rising it does fulfil a similar function to Dragon. Mm -hmm. in that you aren't just being presented with playable options, which are always nice and always popular, but you are being presented with a new direction of play. It's it's a whole new theme. You've got, as you put it, you were on the losing end of a PR war, or your ancestors were. And so you immediately start from, I guess, behind the gun. Uh, the 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 godly scions from all of the previous books have, I guess, got those good vibes from people, and you are outsiders. Um, and you know, it isn't just the titans who have a history of uh, certain malevolent and destructive practices. There's plenty of gods who have uh, that reputation as well, who deserve a good punch up the bracket. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, but the Titans, I, I've mentioned on the Onyx Path News, and I said to Danielle as well, I found when reading Titans Rising, because lucky me, I get to read the manuscript before the backers, that there was so much of this that I wanted to appropriate, let's say, for the world below. Which may sound like a bit of a non-sequitur leap, but there's so many fantastic concepts. Mm -hmm. From a from a political nature, a monstrous nature, uh, all the way down to the granularity of essentially the powers and the conditions, the tags, you know, th the real guts of Titans Rising. So many, so much of it, I can see working in 
in other games because it really opens up what Scion is as a role-playing game. But, you know, that's just my opinion. I think it does, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, well, on that note, uh, and let, let's actually talk about uh, the, the big players, first of all. Hiromi and Danielle, because Danielle uh, co-authored this book uh, along with a fantastic team, mm-hmm. and uh, and anyone who listens to the podcast regularly will know that Hiromi co-developed this book along with a fantastic team yes. of uh, yes. David Castro and Kat Evans. And when speaking about the big players, a lot of the people when they go to a Scion book, the first thing they will do is they will flip to pantheons, they will flip to the gods, they want to read about the myths that they were so interested in when they were young, you know, the things that get people into fantasy quite often. When talking about titans, which are often, I guess, less well-known, broadly speaking, um, I've got a couple of questions. One is an incredibly general one, and what and it is simply which are your favourite titans that have been included in this book that some people, a lot of people, may not have heard of. Oh, um... I know it's picking your children again. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how you feel about being the uh, the parent of titans, but <laughs> it came from somewhere. It, it's it's true. Um... I think the uh, version of uh, Hurukawaya, um, uh, who is um, uh, a giant serpent from the uh, Apu, the uh, um, uh, Incan uh, mm-hmm. uh, pantheon, mm-hmm. the the writer with it uh, did a great job. I'm, I'm being cagey with uh, names because if someone doesn't agree that it's great then they might go bother the writer and i'd rather that doesn't happen you uh, are completely <laughs> right to do so uh, it's it's i think bad form to to call out a writer unless they volunteer themselves so yeah but, but do but do continue and so uh Her- Her- is kind of famous for uh defending land and uh perhaps infamous for being a little particular with how land gets used and uh, sometimes accused of being uh, greedy because of uh, a bit of affinity for gold. But I mean, a lot of, a lot of people and creatures have affinity for gold. It's, I mean, we, we prize it as being the number one metal that you can get in uh, most things. So Mm. can, can you really blame uh, Herkawai? Um, and, uh, for folks who have seen some of the images, uh, for Titans Rising already, uh, you can see, uh, Herkawai, uh, biting, uh, a strip mine team in half, uh, and just, uh, he, he, he decided that, or sorry, uh, they decided, uh, that, Blowing up chunks of the earth and ripping out um, whatever humans want from it uh, wasn't okay. And, Mm. um, well, if a tens of thousands of pounds serpent decides that uh, you're going to stop that, you're going to stop it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Uh, probably. (laughs) Um, 
And I, I always like seeing in what ways can um, Titans be sort of uh, reconciled with their myths and what they can do now. So for uh, another example, uh, on the cover, we have uh, Chudo Yudo attacking a water bottling plant. Uh, because there's a number of places around the world, honestly, like uh, the U.S., uh, Brazil, um, a number of places have uh, water crises where there's just not a ton of drinkable water, not a ton of water for crops, uh, and ecosystems are getting screwed up because of that. And bottled water plants are generally a terrible way to use water and especially um, kind of wastefully using um, resources of an area. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that, they, are, they are a blight. Yeah, and uh, Judo Yudo uh, uh, also takes extreme issue with this and uh, just is in the process of destroying that entire plant. Um, uh, I believe uh, there might be uh, an additional figure uh, in that illustration. Um, I'll have to see uh, what the final image ends up being. But uh, yeah, we're talking about things that matter, not necessarily to all people, but matter to some people and certainly matter to things, uh, other things that exist in the planet with us. Mm. Um, or at least in the world of Scion, um, if, if Titans exist in our reality, um, we're in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if I can say something, I don't think this is a terribly incendiary thing to say, but uh, you never know. I'll let let the censors decide. There's... There, there's some connectivity here to, I think, what the ethos of another game that I think most, if at least two of us have worked on, uh, being Werewolf the Apocalypse. And I don't mean in terms of the playable uh, yeah. Garu mm-hmm. uh, in the Gaian side of things, because, of course, the Titans represent something quite abstract, quite often, not always. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they have humanistic uh, sides, but uh, they're often more primordial. Uh, but by nature and i've often found oh i found with titanomachy and as you describe this hiromi i i feel the same with the titans in titans rising it's incredibly easy to see the i guess catch-all spirits in something like werewolf as being i guess emblematic if if maybe a bit diluted versions of the well culturally uh i guess reverent and appropriate content that is in titans rising uh that these these titans and for to that matter the titan spawn that appear in this book have got such fantastic grounding in history and mythology and the research that's been performed is it is done with respect. What you end up with is are multifaceted characters that can absolutely be played as antagonists because quite often your characters will be human-esque and you may well be contributing to 
the kind of thing that riles a titan. You are a successor from tens, hundreds of thousands of years after this titan were, came into existence. And so there's probably very little to recognize beyond sometimes, uh, I guess, an almost an elemental fury. Uh, and I guess my point, I, you know, I always take a long time to get to them, <laughs> is... Well, when I think of uh, a game like Sion and a book like Titans Rising, and I think of a game like Werewolf, and I look at the kinds of uh, the kinds of entities, beings, creatures, gods, titans of myth that we're presented in here, I just think, wow, it is it is possible to write these things so well. It is possible to write them so richly. It's possible to do it without being horribly offensive and it's possible to do it most importantly without diluting uh culture and mythology to the point where it is completely you know absent from a game and cartoonish but yeah uh, i i mean I, one of the things i was thinking of uh, to go to another part of the content is uh, one of my favorite titan spawn antagonists and again while they are described as antagonists you can quite easily use them as something as not right. is uh, nasu the unclean the corpse defiler which you know as far as sobriquets go that it sounds pretty antagonistic <laughs> yeah it sure does <laughs> but again I, I used the word blight earlier these are entities that existed before modern culture before 20th century and 21st century, well, I guess 19th and later, when we really started doing a number on the world. Uh, and you can kind of get it. You can kind of get why these creatures are so utterly pissed off <laughs> and wanting to return the world to a state that where they knew it. Or... Or reverse the entire thing entirely to a state of purification that works in their minds, but probably doesn't work in many other people's. So, you know, kudos to the both of you, the entire team, for writing such well, content that I've been able to read and not only enjoy, but also feel like I'm learning because it feels respectful uh, as I'm as I'm reading it. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, it takes me a while to wax eloquent and give compliments, but uh, <laughs> but this book definitely deserves deserves them. You know, I I will say, you know, while you were droning on and on, Matthew, that it made me think about the way that uh, I'm going to liken this to a board game, uh, Spirit Island, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and the Titans in Titans Rising and in Titanomachy. Um, hearken really strongly to the spirits in Spirit Island because they are the protagonists of the the board game, uh, the story, because they are protecting their island from colonizers, invaders. Uh, but the all of these spirits are these giant forces of nature. Mm. Um, and they, all of their powers are like setting things on fire, creating earthquakes, creating uh, tsunamis, guiding the beasts, uh, you know, scaring the, you know, the, the colonizers. Um, 
And it, it's very thematic, but it makes me think of the Titans in a similar way, right? Like, if you look at things from the Titans' point of view, they're not bad guys. They're just trying to protect these things that they've traditionally held as sacred from people who are fucking that up. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, sort of, sort of following from that, uh, one uh, of uh, my favorite Titans uh, who uh, appears uh, in the antagonist section um, is sort of a um, reading across the grain of the uh, poetic Eddas uh, with uh, uh, Thrymir, uh, who in a story generally uh, translated as uh, the Lay of Thrymir. The idea is that Thrymir uh, uh, steals Mjolnir, uh, uh, Thor's, Thor's hammer, and then Thor and Loki uh, hatch this sort of convoluted plan to uh, dress Thor up uh, in in a dress as uh, Freya and marry three meter and trick him into uh, handing over uh, Mjolnir, uh, at which point uh, Thor just uh, kills everyone present. And naturally, because the way that that story is presented, it's presented from uh, uh, Thor or maybe Loki's perspective, or, mm. or at least a perspective that pays attention to what they are thinking, what the, they're believing. And if you read the same facts in a perspective for Thremir, you have the possibility of, well, how did Mjolnir get there? Uh, it's never explained in the Eddas. Uh, and the idea is sort of uh, implicated is that Thremir somehow broke into Asgard, took it, and then buried it eight leagues deep. But it could also have been that Thor just lost a drinking contest and doesn't remember anything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which is super Thor. Like, yeah. Oh, that's so Thor. <laughs> yeah. And then three meters like, hey, what, what you doing back? They get married, and uh, then uh, the uh, Thor, uh, uh, the, one of the two grooms, uh, kills the other one in a extremely uh, expedient uh, form of divorce. But in Scion, things come back, but people come back. Mm. Because that's the nature of, of legend, is that legends are extremely difficult to kill. So if you think about it from Three Meters' perspective, he just had a great party with Thor, had another great party with Thor while Thor was wearing a dress for some odd reason. They got married, and now, now his husband has run off, is no longer uh, calling himself uh, married, and has Mjolnir. So naturally, Three Meter has sort of two things on his mind. Well, I won that hammer fair and square. Mm. If Thor's my husband, then, you know, fair is fair. You can have the hammer back, but... I, I need the hammer or my husband's back. And that is a completely valid reading of the Eddas. Like, that's a completely valid reading of the uh, lay of uh, Thrymir. It's, it keeps with the facts of the story, mm. but ends up with a completely different twist that is still believable and still in a sort of um, 
Norse framework, but not one that anyone would really expect. And we we have gems like that just sort of all over the place in this book, which makes me uh, very happy, especially with like how queer some of these things are. I I definitely really like the the framing of Scion in general, where we can take myth and take the facts of the myth and say, okay, this is what happened, but this is how we are going to frame the myth with the people involved, how they feel about it, what their goals are because of it, uh, what it meant to them, because we don't necessarily know any of that stuff from the telling of the myth. Like sometimes we do, but sometimes we don't. And so being able to ascribe kind of motivations, thoughts, feelings, uh, the other side of the story, you know, like in this case, through Mir's uh, side of the story, what it looked like from his viewpoint, right? We, mm. we don't see that normally, but we decided, okay, well, we're, when we tell the story from his viewpoint, what does it look like? And I like that in a way, honestly, back in the, you know, when people were writing these like accounts of their own uh, mythological f- figures, that's kind of what they were doing too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it, it feels kind of like fun and interesting. And, you know, clearly we need to make it interesting enough to, to make stories out of it. But we're kind of enabling people to interact with mythology in a way that just reading a history book or just reading, a, you know, a novel doesn't really get you to that level. Uh, yeah. And I really, I really like that about what we've done with a lot of Titans Rising and Titanomachy and some of the other Scion materials that we've, we've kind of done that with. I, I, I do appreciate the, I guess, Rashomon quality that, that Titan, uh, it's always been there in Scion, mm-hmm. the idea of uh, are the other myths you know true and, um, you know, have they been altered? Is it true that the victor always writes the history and so on? Mm-hmm. And the, this book oh, and Titanomachy, they double down on the idea. And yeah, all of a sudden your heroes may not look so heroic because you're getting to see things from not only a, perspe- a, a another perspective, but potentially the perspective of the persecuted, which is always valuable. And of course, let's not forget in in the world, as it is in Scion Second Edition, myth and history are more or less synonymous. Uh, mm-hmm. There's, you know, th- this is a world where people know about gods, and they have probably been fed a number of stories uh, that they believe to be true, and now. While it isn't what I would call metaplot, with Titans Rising, you have the opportunity for a rising, a an uprising of individuals who say, wait a minute, that's not how it went down. And you if you have started building a setting, starting started building a world for your group, story guides, you all of a sudden can have dissent and sabotage and and protest and temples burning and gods being cast down from their thrones, all of that fun stuff. 
because the Titans, a lot of them, and their children present views that could be seen as valid. Uh, it, it adds a wonderful political dimension, I think, to to Scion that um, some people don't get a chance to explore because they focus on, as Hiromi, I think you put it, the sort of punching out uh, monsters. Mm-hmm. But yeah, being the being on the I guess outsider side of things is wonderful for a game like Scion because, it, as I mentioned earlier, it opens it all up. It's, uh, it makes the game something new. And if we can keep reinventing it, I think that's, that's always wonderful. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, sort of a neat thing, sort of um, lying tangent to that, uh, is that because in Scion all myths are true, uh, story guides and their players get to sort of figure out um, what what truth means and what the truth of a given situation happens to be. Mm. Um, because there there are uh, trickster gods and trickster titans. There there are people or uh, entities who uh, are are just liars uh, and deciding to what extent a trickster is telling the truth and how much they're lying, like where that dividing line between stretching the truth and outright fabrication exists, like Mm. where, like what is uh, Titan propaganda? What is God propaganda? And what do you do when you're confronted with both is sort of a lesson that is timeless. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, it's certainly prevalent in the world we live in today, isn't it? Uh-huh, the, yes. Uh, yeah, when, when is a lie uh, used for a moral lesson? I mean, that's when a lot of people... A lot of myths are told, of course, uh, as parables, mm-hmm. so that you might learn something. And so, uh, you, you know, a character might lie so that someone learns. But other individuals <laughs> lie for the lie's sake, lie for self-aggrandizement, and uh, yeah, um, not not everything has a deeper meaning or moral behind it. Sometimes these people, these gods, these titans, are just shits, and the reason they're so well known as a trickster is because yeah, they will pull the wool over anyone's eyes if it helps them advance. And uh, but their ti- their spawn, their Titan spawn, their godlings, uh, their scions don't need to necessarily follow in the old man's footsteps. And actually, that that takes me on to another question I have about Titans Rising. And speaking of following in the old man's footsteps, is the fact that Titans Rising gives you the tools to create characters of of from stature all the way from origin through to god level, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Which is again quite an undertaking to to include in a single book. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, there's uh, there was a fair amount of uh, work um, coordination with uh, the God Players Guide uh, because uh, Titans are also operating at that tier, and they can do a lot of the same things, but they're going to do them differently and also have their own sort of uh, additional abilities for it. Like, for example, if gods are fighting over a realm, they're generally thinking about, like, who's in charge of it. And 
how do I oust this one guy who's being a dick and then put myself in as the ruler of this realm? Because I'm totally not a dick. I'm just someone who punches other gods and takes their stuff. Titans, they might say, I don't like that realm at all. It's, it's taking up valuable real estate, or maybe I hate everyone on it because they imprisoned me in stone for thousands of years. And they might just want to blow it up. Mm. And that's an option. You can do it. It's not easy, but um, if enough Titans sit down uh, to do it, uh, any any realm you want is gone. It spans a huge range of uh, abilities. Like it goes from there down to uh, origin tier, yeah, um, where you where characters might know a little bit about their parentage, but they don't necessarily believe it internally, and mm. they don't have a ton of the power that goes along with it. Which is not to say that they don't necessarily have stigma attached to them because they are associated uh, with uh, titans of a given pantheon. So there's a lot of uh, mechanics and um, narrative threads uh, that pertain to, like, what does it mean to be titanic and how does that impact uh your character mm-hmm. um like what what do you do what do you do with power is a question that scion has been asking uh even back in first edition um uh the, the answer in first edition was generally punch a titan uh you're but... sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh but now there's it's huge sweeping uh uh, scope of things that you can do with that power and there's also the matter of what what does power do to you because uh, titans have uh, mutations things that change them uh, generally physically but uh, sometimes uh, emotionally in other ways uh, and they actually begin to transform and become uh, a little bit less anthropomorphic uh, <laughs> yeah and um, even back, uh, in, uh, Tisanomaki, uh, there was the monstrous urges condition where if you have, uh, certain, uh, knacks and boons, you just become a little bit more monstrous, become a little bit more vicious, and, uh, you're sort of swept up in that emotional state, uh, of being bloodthirsty or... Uh, having uh, passions that sort of uh, sweep you up. Uh, and that's that's carried through uh, with Titanomaki, both um, knacks that build off of uh, monstrous urges and uh, mutations are sort of uh, pulled up and you get to see a lot of what power does to you, what you can do with that power, and uh, maybe taking power away from other uh, characters in terms of... Uh, blowing up their realm <laughs> I, I have taken the bait by the way Danielle and uh, seen the photo you posted of your current <laughs> situation for the sake of the listeners uh, Danielle would you like to describe your current situation uh, so my new puppy Oberon has decided that he needs to lay under my desk um, and I was trying to move him away from my power cord so that he did not accidentally shut everything down Mm. while he was flopping around under my desk and he started just rolling around very cutely on his back in protest (laughs) Uh, he's now harassing Klaus so 
everything's better for me, at least. He has an Anubis vibe to him. He does a little bit in that picture. Uh, yeah. <laughs> his, his face is a little blunter, and his ears don't stick up normally. That's just a upside down. Uh, he must be listening in to us, that's the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just thought, I know, I'll cosplay as, a, as an Egyptian god. That's fine. I can yeah. do that. So I, I want to transition a little bit. Uh, Hiromi, you talked about playing, you know... The, the children of Titans and being able to make characters that are, you know, from origin all the way kind of up to godhood. Um, but this book is kind of a one part player's guide if you want to play the Titan side of the Titanomachy and one part story guide for if you want to run a Titanomachy kind of thing um, for your table of normal scions of, of non-titanic scions, I guess. Um, so what, I, I always like, it's going to feel like an interview question. What kind of challenges did you face, um, balancing those two, like kind of opposed goals of like talking up Titans enough to make them interesting enough to want to play as a child of, but also presenting them in a way that they can be antagonists or antagonists used in the really loose term of causing problems, not necessarily villains. Gods forbid, Danielle, we ask a decent interview question. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the neat thing is that that was kind of a... um, once, Once we sort of got rolling with it, it was kind of a natural extension of uh thinking about titans in a more complete more cohesive manner um because uh, we're we're gonna have a spectrum of uh titans uh uh, so we don't because we don't have to think about every titan as being uh so evil that you need to punch them or being so um not necessarily good, but sympathetic that you want to be, uh, you want to play one of their kids. Um, since we have that spectrum, we can do both. Uh, I think that at least initially it was, um, a little bit of a challenge, uh, just because, uh, thinking about them in such a wide open, uh, manner means that it's, um, difficult to sort of span that range. Because there, there is sort of a tendency uh, when writing about something to work from a single viewpoint. Um, so in that in that manner, uh, it was a little bit of a challenge um, to get that kind of uh, spread of representation. Uh, but once once we got there, I I think it just sort of clicked where there would be material that uh, story guides could use to throw at their players. Um, as antagonists or or even as like uh guides and allies um while still having the players uh have a sort of rich foundation of titanic's fun to run from uh or or run with uh both both options are totally valid you you don't have to uh revel in uh, your titanic nature uh, you can you can struggle with it. You can decide that your Titanic parent is 
kind of a jerk and you don't want to be just like them. On the other hand, if uh, you think that they've been wronged or you just want to play a, a nihilists, uh, you, you could do that as well. Uh, I, I think that nihilistic campaigns are generally not super fun, but uh, everyone has their own preferences, I suppose. Yeah, they do. That they do. And yeah, I think I uh, would have to agree. Nihilism doesn't tend to lead to optimism by, by its... Uh... <laughs> by his nature but uh as we know we very well know people who would play sabbat and vampire uh or, or uh, belial's brood and requiem and uh i have no doubt they would likewise play uh utterly self-destructive titan games as well in scion and uh, have a great deal of fun burning the world down around them as they do y yes yes a hundred percent now, now we have been we have been running for a fair old while, and so far we have already only spoken about Titans Rising in depth. Now, before we wrap up, uh, Hiromi, you know, whenever we do these interviews, I always like to ask what else uh, the the guest is working on, or anything else they have worked on that they want to promote. Uh, it, what is on your card right now? Either something you're anticipating or something that has already been released that you'd really love for people to check out. Um, so, uh, further on the Scion side, uh, I had, uh, relatively little to do with it, but, uh, this week, sorry, last week, uh, we, we had two books, uh, come out for Scion Dragon, uh, mm. and as Scion Dragon was one of the three recommendations that I had up at the top of the uh, program, you can imagine that I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, so we have, uh, I'm blanking on the actual name of it, but the Scion Dragon Jumpstart, and then also uh, Scion Dragon Library. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, they, there are, they are both, uh, they both involve libraries and heists. Uh, at, as it turns out, uh, bookworms uh, is a fantastic pun. And uh, that's, that's worms spelled with a Y, uh, since this is uh, spoken and not written. Uh, but bookworms, it's a fantastic pun, and means that you can go liberate slash steal slash protect knowledge uh, uh, and really, really have fun with it uh, in a covert manner, which is something that... Um, we don't generally see in Scion outside of dragon games. Um, and it's, it's one of the aspects that makes me recommend Scion dragon as much as I do. Uh, and not just because uh, uh, we had uh, a, a great uh, developer for it, although we, we did. Uh, and it's uh, super fun. Uh, the Scion Dragon uh, Library was the first book uh, that went uh, across my desk uh, for approvals that I didn't have anything I wanted. Uh, I didn't have any notes for. Like, I am uh, perhaps infamously uh, detail oriented, <laughs> uh, which can drag things uh, down a bit in terms of uh, production uh, timelines. But uh, I, I had nothing there. I was just like, this is good. Uh, let's 
please, please, pu please publish this as soon as possible. <laughs> uh, I have to echo that. I think uh, the library stands up as one of my favorite tasty bits, especially of the uh, the year we've been having of tasty bits with with you know map tiles, story hooks, lot, uh, basically as much information as we can cram into a few dollars uh, of page count. And good lord, that that book has a lot in there for for a very very low cost um and yeah it does it really does exemplify what is so much fun about playing dragon i think uh so yeah do check it out listeners if you have not and uh as we as we approach our end hiromi uh are there any other projects outside of Onyx Path? Uh, things that you might have worked on, either self-publishing or, or for other companies that you'd uh, love for people to check out if they were interested in your work more broadly? Yeah. Out much earlier this year is the uh, uh, Jumpstart or Quick Start. Uh, the Quick Start for uh, the fifth season role-playing game from uh, uh, Green Ronin. If you're a fan of the of NK Jemison's uh, Broken Earth trilogy, uh, the the fifth season role playing game uh, has lots uh, to sort of um, change how people think about um, their characters and role playing games, as well as uh, how they might want to solve uh, uh, a pair of mysteries uh, in in the uh, quick start. I wrote and developed most of it. Uh, it is, it's a lot of fun. It is very much, um, one of my adventures in that there's multiple ways to succeed. Uh, and I'm not gonna, like, I, I don't generally want to push people into playing combat heavy games. Uh, if they don't want to do that, there's, uh, ways that you can solve, um, solve tense social situations without punching people. Uh, which is a lesson that I think more people should take to heart. Uh, uh, yeah, I completely agree, and I hate running combat, so uh, I will check that. And if people want to find you on social media, where where would they look these days, Arami, if they wanted to ask you about uh, any of your work? Uh, if you wanted to ask me questions, probably the easiest place is the uh, Onyx Path Discord um, in any of the Scion channels. Uh, when I get busy, I don't uh, necessarily read them uh, every day, but I uh, will generally thumb through them uh, on a daily basis to see like what's going on and if anyone has questions that uh, our fantastic uh, community hasn't already answered. Um, I'm also on um, Tumblr and uh, Blue Sky uh, under my name, uh, Hiromi Koda. I'm on other social media platforms with my name, but I am harder to get a hold of there. <laughs> yeah, let's not promote those social media platforms because we know which ones they are. And Danielle, where would, where would where would they look for you? You can find me on the Onyx Path Discord. Uh, I'm also kind of trying to engage in Tumblr a little bit. Both uh, any place that I'm not my name, Danielle Lozon, I am at Impernius. Um, I've got like a blue sky and a, some other a random mastodon, I think. Is anybody still using that? 
I don't know. It seemed to fizzle out a little. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I, I have also joined a myriad of other social media sites that I barely look at. But if you want to friend me there and then try to convince me that it's worthwhile to engage, um, I may eventually pick it up uh, <laughs> it, like a year or two right before it crashes on its own. Uh, that's, that's how I seem to work with social media sites. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just arrived to watch the uh, destruction. Yes, I mean that's yeah. that's why destruction starts with a D. Oh, that's very nice. Uh, <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll make sure that's on your tombstone. Uh, yeah, and it's oh, better than what uh, my friends say about me. <laughs> oh, uh, I wanted to. I I forgot to mention that uh, if uh, you're interested in uh, the fifth season role playing game, uh, the the quick start's free, so you you don't even oh, need cool. to invest money into it. Well, thank you very much for pointing that out. And people can find me on the Onyx Path Discord as well, on matthewdawkins.com, and of course on the Onyx Path Forum too, which is, uh, you know, there's still lots of heated uh, discussions that take place there. I won't bother recommending my social media as I seem to be slipping away from it more and more and haven't yet migrated to anything new. I'm sure I will be obliged to one day, but let's hold off that tide for as long as possible, like Carnute. Uh, and thank you so much, Hiromi. Thank you so much, Danielle. Thank you to both of you, not only for uh, being on this podcast with me, but also for your wonderful work on Titans Rising. Um, my, uh, I think what I wrote to Hiromi, Kat, and David was, I feel like when you read this book, you can actually feel the author's voice, or voices, and in a good way. And that's kind of how I want to end this because there are plenty of RPGs that I read and I think this is a little too dry or this is a little too academic or it's a little too, uh, I don't know, inaccessible to to a humble layman like me. But Titans Rising, I could just read it. And not only that, I could just read it in word. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know it's one thing to be able to redline and develop or whatever in word but to be able to read something in word and enjoy reading it in word made me think oh wow the time spent on this book has been time well spent so thank you so much for your hard work on this and thank you to everyone who's backed the kickstarter it is still going uh, when this goes up there'll be a couple of weeks left please do give it your support and with that said Many worlds, one path cast.